one other thing that I want to mention before I actually start the sermon is uh, next Sunday night, next Sunday night, we will have a uh, visit from Spencer Broom. He is involved in the uh, Latin American missions. He is the man that uh, Tim Peters went with yes, last year to Costa Rica on his mission trip and just really impressed Tim. And uh, Tim is just really anxious for us to to hear him. He's reminded me of this over and over to make sure that I would mention it to you. And so Tim is really excited about this. And so next Sunday night, Spencer Broom will be, will be with us to speak to us and we hope to, uh, hope that you'll be able to be with us at that time. The newspapers tell us that church attendance is going down all over the country, even here in the Bible Belt South. People are just not going to church like they used to. The, uh, the pollsters who keep up with these things, they, they call them the not affiliated. That means that they don't go to church anywhere, any church of any kind. They are just not attending services anymore. But according to those same Posters. I've read these things in the in the papers. Church attendance, they say, does have benefits. And you're probably thinking, oh, you mean you got a chance to go to heaven? Well, that's a big one, of course, for us. But the posters are not concerned about those things. That's not part of their research. They don't, they don't care about that. But they tell us that there are benefits from going to church. Regularly, regularly, they don't have a, an explanation for it, but there are benefits. One thing they say is that folks who go to church on a regular basis tend to live longer. They don't know why that is, but, but, but think about it. If we are faithful, we attend service regularly, we worship, we try to practice the New Testament, God's going to bless us, right? And so he's watching over us, and he's taking care of us and providing for us. That's one reason we might live longer, but even more than that, people who go to church regularly tend to have a, a healthier way of life. Oh, we, we like a good cheeseburger every once in a while, sure we do. But we are not likely to consume large amounts of alcohol. We are not likely to use drugs other than the kind that the doctor might prescribe for us. We are not likely to hang out in places where, well, bad things happen there and we could get hurt or even killed there. Uh, for the most part, we live an orderly life. And so, yes, we would tend to be healthier and live longer. More... The posters tell us that children in families that go to church regularly tend to do better in school. And again, that doesn't surprise me because that probably means that they have a stable home life. It means their parents are involved in their life. It means they're getting help with their homework and they're getting encouragement at church. Yes, at, at home they would tend to, to do better. We have a lot of school teachers right here at this congregation, and I bet those teachers would tell you 
that children who are growing up in that kind of environment with a good, stable home life, they do better in school. You would expect that they would. And even more than that, and this is the one that really baffled uh, those, those posters. They couldn't understand this one, but I think we do. They say that going to church seems to make people's social ties closer and, and more important to them. And they, they couldn't understand that one. But we do, don't we? The people that we go to church with become our church family. Yes, our, our ties are close. Yes, those people are, are close to us. And the posters scratch their heads and, and try to figure these things out. But to me, it's pretty simple. Christians practice God's Word. Christians stay away from bad habits. Christians love their families and they try to help their families. They'll do anything in the world for them. And other Christians become extended family to them. Yes, those ties are close, and yes, they are important. The so-called experts can't figure these things out, but, but we can. We do better because we follow God's Word and we do it together. We help each other, and we support and encourage one another. There's a song in our songbook, it's number 709, and we probably don't sing it as much as, as we should. But I, I, love, I love the words to that song. How sweet and how heavenly is the sight when those who love the Lord in one another's peace delight and so fulfill the word. And the, the words of that song go on to say how Christians work together and help and support one another. Christians do not practice their faith alone. And we're always trying to reach out to other people. We're not selfish with this. We want to spread it around. We're always trying to bring other folks in. We, we don't practice our faith by ourselves. Look with me at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and this starts at verse 3. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Every member of the Lord's church is important. And Paul says, Paul says that we are members of one another. Think about that expression that he uses there. Members of one another. If we're doing this right, this, this church thing that we're doing, this, this Christian life that we're doing, if we're doing it the right way, we're helping each other. We are working together. We are supporting and, and encouraging one another if we're doing it the right way. In John chapter 13, 
And this starts about verse 34. Jesus tells us there, a new commandment, He says, I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then He says, by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, the, the command to love one another was, was not new. That goes all the way back to the Old Testament. But what Jesus tells us here is, as I have loved you. We're supposed to love each other the way that Jesus loved. And when people see that in us, when people see us doing those things and loving one another and helping and supporting and encouraging one another, uh, the hope is they'll want to be part of it. They'll look at the world such as it is and think, oh man, this is a dog-eat-dog world and people don't care about one another, but those people down there at the church, they love each other. They care about each other and they'll, they'll want to be part of that. And so we've got to make sure that they see that in us. Ephesians 5 and verse 21 tells us sub- submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now, now, submitting to one another is just trying to do what our, our brothers and our sisters ask us to do or or need us to do. As, as much as we can, we're going to try to, to comply with their requests. It, it might be something that we just can't do. It might be something that's just not possible. It might be something that, that we just don't think is wise. Someone might make a request of us, and, and we're just thinking, I'm not sure that's a, the smart thing to do. And so we might not be able to do it every time, but as much as we can submit to one another in the fear of God. Now, now that takes a little bit of humility on our part. It's easy to just say, nope, not going to do that. You're not boss, I don't have to. Well, maybe we don't have to, but maybe if we have the right spirit, it is something that we will try to do just because our brother or our sister Ask us to do it. Let's say it's any given Sunday morning. It's about 9.25 and we're about to begin our service. Terry Don Hargis comes to me. Terry Don is the deacon who is in charge of getting the order of worship together. And by the way, let me say, he does a fantastic job with that. He does a great job with it. And so Terry Don comes to me just right before service starts, and he says, I know it's short notice, but the person who's supposed to read the Scripture today is not here. Can you fill in? Can you help me out and and do the Scripture reading this morning? Well, I could say, nope, not my job. You're not the boss, and you can't make me. I, I, I could do that, but if I've got the spirit that I should have, I'm going to try to help my brother out. He does a great job with with his assignment. And he comes to me and asks for for me to take two minutes of my time and read the Scriptures. 
surely I would be willing. That's a big word, isn't it? Willing to help. James 4 and verse 10 tells us to humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, Peter says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord that He may exalt you in due time. A, a humble spirit, my friends, is just absolutely essential for a Christian. We have to have that humble spirit. We can't be boss and get our way every time. Let us, let us be willing, willing to submit to one another as much as we can. And James tells us there, if we will have that spirit of humility, that God will lift us up. In Galatians 6 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. My friends, my brothers and my sisters in Christ, we, we've got to help one another. We've got to. We've got to support each other. We've got to encourage each other. We are falling short. We are letting down on the job if we are not doing those things. And we have to be concerned about the welfare and the well-being of the people around about us. If we only care about me, myself, and I, if, that, if that's our only concern, I, I'm going to say this, you may, you may think I'm overstepping here, but I'm going to say it anyway. If our concern is only for ourselves, I don't think we'll go to heaven. We can show up on Sunday morning and take the Lord's Supper faithfully. But if in our heart and in our mind we really don't care about the people around about us, we are not following the example of Jesus Christ. And, and friends, I don't think we'll go to heaven. I don't think we will. There's a story in Luke chapter 10 that we call, we call it the Good Samaritan. And you're familiar with that story. You know the the lawyer stands up to tempt Jesus and he, he asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and, and then he asked him, well, well, who's my neighbor? Who I was included uh, under the, uh, the umbrella of my neighbor? And of course, Jesus tells him that story about the man who went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he, he fell among thieves. They stripped him of his clothing. They wounded him and they left him half dead. A priest comes by. He passes by on the other side. A Levite comes by and he passes by on the other side. But then Jesus tells us that a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came near where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion.